Hey, what's going on? This is uh, Jeremy Thone, Marketing Director of 3PL Systems and host of 3PL Live. Excited to share an interview with Jenny Kaur. She is a business coach out of the United Kingdom. It's really interesting because we get into basically using LinkedIn to the tilt. How do you use LinkedIn to build an audience, to do posts consistently, and then how do you eventually monetize your LinkedIn? Which all could be done now, which is really really, really cool considering we are in COVID times. So hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, um, Jenny, uh, thanks for taking the time to come on to 3PL live today. Uh, for those people that don't sure. know you, you're, you're a business coach, I believe, over in the UK. Do you mind uh, telling the audience a little bit about your work? Yeah, of course. Well, thanks so much for having me having me on. So I'm a business and LinkedIn coach. I am based in the UK and I work with clients in the US and Canada and Australia, um, all over Europe, UK as well. I've been doing this now for the past year. It's been like an amazing journey. So how did you find the utility of LinkedIn? I have my own personal stories of how I ended up getting a job actually from, I was posting content on how to sell better on LinkedIn and tactics. And then someone, one of my old bosses actually read this post and I didn't even know that he was reading it. And someone shared with me that he'd been sharing it with his teams and then ended up, you know, giving me a position in a sales gig. So I'm just curious, like, how did it all start for you? Like, as far as like, how did you finally figure out like the utility? When did you see it? So when I first moved to UK to start my business, I had an agency. So we were basically doing link generation for local businesses we start with e-commerce um i had like my first e-commerce client coming from linkedin it was really not easy to scale so i then switched to the financial niche so i was in financial advisors i needed to grow the the agents i needed to grow the business and i knew that my clients were on linkedin i just didn't i just didn't know how to actually utilize and let alone make money on it um sure. So I had, I bought lots of courses, lots of programs, a lot of things that I know now I've learned through trial and error and an entire year of being on the trenches day in and day out. I was like, you know what? I was about to, to give it up because I think LinkedIn is like a love hate kind of relationship. First you hate it, then you crack the code and you love it. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> so it went with me. Um, Same boat for me. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is not working. I hate this platform. Like it's just because I honestly thought it was just people that want to find a job. I need it. Like I legit needed to grow the business. I had to pay bills. I, I, I came here to, I'm originally from Barcelona. So I came here, I moved to London to start my business, grow my business and just make a living and just make a career change. And I, and I wanted this so bad. So then I, I, I started like posting videos and I had no idea what I was doing. I just saw people posting some videos. It's like, okay, I'm going to post videos. And then I would just connect him with 20 to 30 financial advisors a day. This was December. So I was really trying for like several months. So it was an overnight success. That's for sure. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, okay, I'm done. Because it's it's not it's not gonna work. Then surprisingly enough, I had my first three clients. Like they each paid me seven thousand dollars to get advertising for them. They came to me. They sent me a 
a message on LinkedIn and said, hey, with the subject of shopping or shop, like lead, lead shop. We're like, we're like, oh, okay. And hey, so I just saw your video talking about this, talking about how we can excel our careers or business in a pandemic with online marketing. Can you do this for us? Like, yeah, let's jump on a call. And then we jumped on a call and I closed my first 7,000 deals in there. Um, so I went, from, I went from nothing to making 7,000. Do you remember if those people were like engaging with you or did they kind of just came, come out of nowhere? It seems like they were, you were posting and you didn't even know potentially. There wasn't much feedback, it sounds like. That's, that's what it was yeah. for me as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it also depends on the niche. But for me back then, obviously there's lots of people that they will engage with your content. And then there's lots of people that are watching. They are not engaging your content. But then all of a sudden they will just raise their, their hand for you to help them. So this was the case. It was like, hey, I've been I've been seeing your your content for a while now and I really want to talk about this. I'm really serious. And I was so surprised. So I was like, okay, I'm 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 doing something good. This is starting to work. <laughs> and <laughs> and then from there I was like, this is interesting. And then I just doubled down on what was working. I was creating lots of content. I I wasn't especially passionate about the niche, I have to say. It's how I started in I think it was June. I went from zero meetings in March, having 12 meetings per week, all for LinkedIn. So that for me was like insane. Oh, that's incredible. I used, to have, I used to have like 12 meetings in one month, not in a way. <laughs> and then I share the results um, on my Instagram, but I wasn't using it. I, I don't use Instagram that much for business, just LinkedIn. But I was like, look, guys, I don't suck. I, I find this, <laughs> it's finally working. Like I'm doing something good. And then people just started asking me, hey, how to do it? Do you do coaching? Like, can you help me? Um, and that's how everything started. And then transitioned from agency to, to coaching now. And it's been a wild ride and a wild journey. So what are people usually looking for for coaching? Are they trying to monetize their LinkedIn or are they just trying to figure out how to use the platform? Or like, what's the general case people are looking for for the coaching? Well, because I'm a business and LinkedIn coach, lots of clients that come to me is because they like clarity on their business, how to grow their business. So I just basically help them on that side. So I just help them bring clarity. I just help them with everything they have in their brain to just be like, okay, let's let's actually do this. They are also on LinkedIn. They are posting. They are engaging. They are doing all those things they should be doing. It's just the conversion aren't there. They're just not monetizing their audience or they just don't know how to do it um or it just they don't have like a system in place so that is when i i come into play and just like okay so let's see what have you done in the past let's see what can be done and i just help them i just help them like signed and sell their, their coaching programs and and i it's it's more than that it's just like how actually how does linkedin actually work what's the ecosystem what's what's mm -hmm. the customer behavior what's the positioning because it's not going to be the same as in Facebook or Instagram and it's been yeah that's that's what I've been focusing on and, and helping my clients with I always find <clears throat> I don't know if you could agree with this as well but I always find that adding value and giving giving away <clears throat> excuse me information for free just giving people something that they could actually use and then it's it's almost like the Pareto rule the 80 20 where you're it's like 80 percent of of the content is like helping and then maybe 20 percent is asking for something because I think a lot of people have it flipped a lot of people in sales for example will use LinkedIn and they'll shoot a message and then it'll be a direct sale right away uh, you know a, 
an add to a sale type of thing versus adding the value first and then asking for something. And if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounded like you were creating videos that were adding some sort of value. And then that value ended up basically having these people want to contact you. Could you echo that as well? Is that what you're finding? So what I do, obviously I start the LinkedIn the, the wrong way. So just cold DMing pitching people and you just throw it all out there on the wall and hope it sticks. Obviously it don't work. I mean, it worked for some time, but it's not how it should be done. So right now what I, what I do is I focus a lot on personal brand, like building a personal brand. So positioning themselves as the expert, but like, how do, how are we doing it? It's, it's like strategic positioning, salsa positioning. How are we doing that? So I use a lot of storytelling for them to tell the stories, for people to relate. Obviously with coaches, right? Like people need to relate to them so they can actually jump on a call and then just relate to the service or whatever that they, they want out of that. Obviously Content is a big part, but content is not everything. And I think I did like um, a carousel post last week talking about this. Content is not enough for anyone to get consistently to get sales. Content is a fraction of the ecosystem. If you don't have a cohesive brand, if you don't have a conversion strategy, if you don't have an audience building that you know you, you're making sure that that content is being seen by the right audience, eventually they will raise their hand and, and, and buy from you. Then there's way only with content you can achieve the results you want to achieve content's one part of it what are some other parts of it i guess i know you mentioned personal brand is personal brand part of content or what are some other things you recommend doing then i guess for for people looking to monetize their linkedin your linkedin profile your linkedin presence should do 50 percent of the sell for you if whenever someone lands into your profile it's not helping them gain trust like you and then obviously then they need to talk to you but if it's not helping on that then we are doing something wrong so basically i have like the three pillars so it's like personal brand so building your audience establishing yourself as a go-to then content because like how are we nurturing that audience how are we what type of message are we are we sending how are we starting the lead flow how are we also filtering that lead flow and, and that people um and the offers that, that we might have and then it's conversions okay so how do we convert people so the way that i see it is like a funnel right so you have top of the funnel middle of the funnel bottom of the funnel mm -hmm. and where lots of people go wrong is that they start with bottom of the funnel which is just sending cold dms or just sending DMs and just just hoping something works. Someone, yeah, someone is gonna is gonna book a call. Where they should be, like starting with is, is top of the funnel first, like building their audience and and then obviously when when you when you message someone that for example let's say has voted on your poll or has commented on your last post, then the frame changes and and the way you approach LinkedIn, the way you approach people changes completely and they see you as the expert. That makes total sense. I'm looking at your LinkedIn right now and I could see right now that you do have a super good headline. That's like the first thing that people see as well. So I'm reading right here, Jenny Kaur, you're a badass LinkedIn coach, helping coaches and consultants build a six-figure personal brand and LinkedIn by monetizing their audience, 500,000 on client sales made. That's pretty powerful and I could see why a lot of people don't really even mess with that section right there. And it's such a valuable piece of LinkedIn real estate that it should have a very well-crafted 
line like you have there. Do you recommend that as well? Yeah, for sure. And also to add to that is, as I said, your your brand needs to be cohesive. Like when someone lines into into your profile, they actually need to know what you do and 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 if you can help them or not. But another great thing to add to that is that lots of people are neglecting this. And that's actually how I got my first three clients. It's LinkedIn search, the internal search, which kind of like works like a Google search. So whenever people, they are looking for executive coach instead of LinkedIn, or they're looking for a leadership coach, they will just go to search toolbar and just write leadership coach or stuff. And if you have those keywords on, on that section, you're gonna your your profile is gonna it's gonna be seen by them. But not only that, but you can also rank in like outside of LinkedIn to Google. So you also need to be real strategic with the type of keywords that you are using there. So for example, me, I use coach on LinkedIn because I know that when people are searching for me, they're either searching for LinkedIn business or coach. So I have all in there. And that's a really, really powerful thing and tool that I just feel not a lot of people are using nowadays. That makes sense. So you're you're finding that some of these keywords that you're using on LinkedIn are showing up on Google searches as well, like as far as uh, SEO. They rank on Google. Yeah, they rank on Google for sure. And but the most important thing is they rank inside of LinkedIn. So whenever someone, I have lots of people approaching me like, how did you find me? It's like, I just typed LinkedIn coach and I just saw you in there and I just typed it on Google as well. So and I just saw you there. So they, there's different entries, right? So that's a very powerful thing to use. Yeah, that makes total sense. I guess for people that are newer to posting on LinkedIn, let's just say they're a little bit hesitant because they're scared to put themselves out there and they don't want to make a fool of themselves. How do you suggest that these people get more involved in the game? That's a really good question. Um, I think like people that are just getting started with LinkedIn and posting, it can be really intimidating for sure because it's the platform it's seen as a corporate kind of like only people from corporate, only like people from HR recruiters are on there. And that's that's not true. Like it was at some point like three years ago, but now it's been evolving. So I would just say obviously to not treat it the same exact same way people are doing Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, just because the nature of the platform, it's different. But I would encourage to pose their stories. Obviously, like there has to be a line or like there's a thin line between posting like your day-to-day life, like what you eat, your dog, your family, (laughs) your business lessons to, for example, I post about my, my mistakes and then I post about my, my journey when when how I moved to London and why I moved to London. And, and that's something that people can relate to because there's lots of people that are running businesses that they have amazing stories that they are not sharing. And I just think me as a coach and also like coaching or coaches and consultants, like they need to share the story in a way that really it's strategic. People can relate to that because th- these type of transformational storytelling posts do amazingly, amazingly well um, on LinkedIn. No, I, I completely agree. I love stories. I was actually watching something last night. I invest in some cryptocurrencies and blockchain. And I was watching a video last night on this guy that moved to Puerto Rico because they have like 0% capital gains with some of one of their, their laws over there, but you could still keep your US citizenship. So you could basically move there, pay 0% gains where you would have to pay 20 to 40% if you live here, but you could still travel around. So I was like, actually, this sounds pretty cool. So I think that stories like that, like, you know, you moving from 
Spain to the UK, there's probably a lot of people that could relate to that because a lot of people probably want to move from, I was living in uh, Portland, Oregon, and then I moved to Austin. And I think that a lot of people have this fear of like moving, but that's really powerful because everyone moving around and the ability to work remote, you could really be anywhere. I think that that's really cool that you made that move and then and that you actually shared that. And I do want to talk about a little bit about fuck-ups as well, because I've definitely shared my share, <laughs> fair share of fuck-ups as well yeah. on, on LinkedIn. And yeah. so, some of them, maybe I went too far. I don't know, like some of the lines. I've shared some really personal stuff on LinkedIn before, just as long as you're always connecting it back to your main idea of where you're, you're trying to help people, it's okay. It seems a little like the mess-ups are really what connects you as another human being, because... It seems like everyone, a lot of people are just like always trying to, to show this perfect side of themselves. And in reality, we all know that's not true. You're, you're finding as well, I saw on one of your posts that sometimes those authenticity and the genuine connection, it comes from sharing something that's not necessarily flattering. Is that what you're finding as well? Yeah. And I think it's more, it's more a thing of people don't want to share where they went, what they went through, where they come from, what they did in the in the, in the past that led, led them to where they are now, just because they feel that if they do, their reputation and the perception of them of how people perceive them, it's it's going to it's going to disappear. And that's actually what I what I thought as well myself, but there's actually where people go wrong is because we all have a story. We all have behind every successful business is a very, very inspiring story. So, and I always encourage my clients and also my audience to like, look guys, like we are all humans. I'm a LinkedIn coach, but I also made lots of mistakes on LinkedIn. And, and here are the mistakes I made on my entrepreneurial journey or, and it's really good to share that because people, you, you see the people then start speaking out. It's just like, oh, I actually went through this as well. I actually um, had this experience as well. How did you do with this? Or how did you handle this? And then th- that, like being vulnerable, it's relate to you way faster. They will trust you. They will like you way even more because they might be in a place that they don't like to be. They might be like in a place that's not nice, but by them saying this, it like gives them relief or comfort or reassurance that, okay, I'm in this place right now with my business. I cannot take it off the run or like it's been, I've been stuck for months, but I know there's other people out there that have also been in this position, if not worse, and they are making it worse. So why wouldn't I be able to get myself out of that situation and also do that? And that comes from like a lot of, you know, empowering people and encouraging people and and just leading with your story. And that's the power of storytelling. That's the power of showing that it's possible for them too. Or and it just gives like more authenticity because I think like you really need to be authentic because people can sense from mirrors away when you're really being fake, when you're sharing <laughs> fake results, when you're sharing, you know, because this coaching industry is all about results as well. But it's all about being authentic. And if people can relate to you, if people, because when they jump on a call, they'll be like, oh, I, I'm actually talking with that girl that shared that story. Like, oh my gosh, I feel like that's so cool, you know? And it builds relationships way more organically and it's more efficient. I just love it. I just I just love the power of, of LinkedIn as well. I agree with you because it, it builds a sense of trust because when someone's sharing something that you know true, 
it, it builds up some sort of credibility with them. And then you're like, okay, if I agreed with what they said there, I have more of a chance of like being open-minded to what they're saying next. So I, I think that that's kind of part of it as well. When you're about to post something and you really use storytelling, which I like, how is your process posting? Let's just say you want to make a post today. Do you come up with the topic or the story first? Or like, how is your creative process? That's a really good question. And also that's, I think that's a question lots of people ask themselves too. I think it all comes down to what's your goal? What's your goal? Getting more brand exposure, getting more the right audience to step into your profile, getting more leads. Let's like, just say when- like we're building the audience, you know, like you <laughs> want to build your audience because essentially I think with the audience, you could really, if you're building an audience based on something that you're good at, you're probably going to be able to monetize it over time, I would assume. Yeah. When it comes to, to building my audience, it all comes down to education and making sure that that they, they know you for that one thing. So whenever I'm creating a post, I always have my idea client pain points in mind. And it's easy because I was there once too. It's like, okay, so what is a people actually want to know or what do they want? What do they need to know? So for example, how to start monetizing your audience, how to start building an audience, how to get people engaged in your story or how to tell your story in a way that stories sell as well. So it, it can actually help you excel your, your business and your following as well. So that's what I have in mind when I create content. And I, I'm, I always... I always start conversations in, in the comment sections because it's, it's really powerful to build a sense of community and just to know what other people are, think about. And out of that, I get more feedback and then I create more content. It's interesting because I think that the community part of it is what's super important. Sometimes it's hard to, I've noticed LinkedIn can be a little bit dry at times when you're first starting out. Maybe it's because like you're not finding your correct voice yet, or maybe you're just boring at first because like you're scared to not, not you specifically, but people could be boring in general because they're scared. They're getting used to posting or whatever. So I think it sounds like you've really come on to something here with like the stories because the stories are, are what people relate to. And then having relevant stories, talking to these people in the comment section as well. Do you usually say something in the comments to get like the post going, you know, to kind of give it a little bit more life? Because it seems like sometimes people also don't necessarily always want to engage as well. And like, sometimes you have to like do a little maneuvering to get people to start engaging and finding your people. Yeah, I think, well, I think again, that that comes down to how are you building your audience and influence on LinkedIn? How basically how you're building your own community. But I, I remember like engagement when I was getting started was, it was a really big thing that I was struggling with. So I would just, what I just started doing was like engaging with people that I really was resonating with. And not only engage with their comments on the DMs as well. Hey, I loved your post about this. I think it really resonates with me. Like, what what made you like want to write about it? Is there anything? Um, and then you start building this relationship. And then when you post, they comment. You don't even have to ask them. And they know that when they post, I'll be commenting as well. This you're building this relationship. And then lots of times, I, I for example, um, I remember the, the first year of me seriously making money on LinkedIn. I was following this this LinkedIn influencer. He has like 200,000 followers. Jeez. And I was, yeah, and I was, I was always commenting and, and reading. And then I sent him a message. Hey, you really like, I really love this. And then all of a sudden, I think it was last month, he started commenting on my post. So that means that 
if you can't like the algorithm yeah and and like in a bunch of my posts which i'm really grateful for it that means that the algorithm what's gonna do is that if he likes and comments my post as well his audience is gonna see it's gonna see it mm-hmm. on the pretty well and that post is being shown to two hundred thousand people which is his audience. <laughs> so that for me was insane. But I think yeah. that's, that's the power of it didn't happen overnight. It, like I was following him genuinely, genuine from and honestly from last year, it, it compound. It's a great thing to just get yourself out there and just start doing it because you cannot ask people to support your post and comment if you're not actually giving them that support and giving them anything. It's it's more a given than taken kind of relationship. You have to give so then you can take like what you will take like the rewards you will reap from that it's a business it's an asset it's a brand that you build you make a solid point there because there's been times where i've gone on to other people's posts that i appreciate and you love those people you give them you comment on their stuff you like their posts or you even like give them a heart or support i mean i think a lot of the times people are so stingy with just giving like a thumbs up like who cares it takes no it really <laughs> yeah. takes no effort to go all right thumbs up but i i think in a way it's good because you know that your stuff is your linkedin content is good if people are engaging with it because it's not people are not very generous with their affection for whatever reason on LinkedIn. But I guess at the same time, it, it is good because when when you do build it out, you know that, that it's genuine. But I, I like what you were saying, because I think that if you go there, that person already built an audience, you know, the person with 200,000 followers. And if you're engaging in some of their stuff, you could also part of that community that probably has similar values to you, that if you're engaging with them, you might find other friends within that community. I've noticed this also with, uh, I go in a lot of Discord channels for some other tech stuff that I do. And when I'm in these Discord channels, you end up meeting other random people. Another example, I was wearing a, a t-shirt yesterday that had uh, this Solana thing on it, which is like a blockchain project. And some guy came up to me and he was like, hey, I build stuff on Solana, blah, blah, blah. And we exchanged information. So it's interesting, like unless you're out there being seen and showing people what you're about and what you like and engaging with other people, it's that's obviously makes sense that you need to do that as well. You need to be in the community. You need to be engaging with other people and, and you'll find your tribe, I believe, by doing that as well. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, like I closed a client this last Saturday that he just liked one of my posts. He, I've never talked to him. He never talked to me. He found my post because one of like a LinkedIn influencer probably didn't comment on my post. Um, Credibility. And how, yeah, and that's how he find me I was like I just want to work with you how do how do we do it that was in the chat I was like okay let's let's jump on a call let's see who would be a good fit first and then and then obviously let's just work together but again he didn't even talk to me once I didn't talk to him once he just it was like one touch point obviously this happens this doesn't happen overnight this happens when when you start building like your brand audience and reputation and but if you do it the right way and in a strategic way the rewards you're talking about hundreds of thousands in in business it's not only that we're talking about people that you're genuinely and honestly helping so for me that's the, the biggest reward like that i get to do this and not only this but also being invited into podcasts i was also sponsored by a startup in california they're oh, paying cool. me they're paying me good money to just write posts about their product leveraging my audience oh, that's it's cool not, yeah, it's not only LinkedIn itself. It's like what you can do instead of LinkedIn. 
And once you start with that, it's it's just a flywheel effect. Now, I noticed that you had a Yahoo article there too. So it's it's really cool too, because I think that once you start having a little bit of momentum, it starts to, I think you said flywheel, it starts building on itself. And it's interesting how that happens. How often do you suggest posting on LinkedIn? Too much posting? Like, is it too much to post every day? Is there a balance that makes it good? Or like, what do you suggest for people that are, I guess, starting out or people that are posting, you know, a little bit more? Yeah, obviously, the more you show up in other people's feeds, the better, because that's kind of like a reminder that they have. Personally, for me, I post Monday to Friday. It is what has been working the best for me. But it's also important to say that it doesn't matter if you even post from Monday to Monday, it's like seven days a week. If your content is is not being seen by anyone, if your content is not, yeah, if your content is not good, what's the reason behind it? The, the the post that you're doing like what do you want to achieve with that because lots of my clients have like but Jenny I'm posting every single day on LinkedIn from Monday to Monday and I still have no clients like okay like what type of post are you doing because you're you're not even if you're posting every day that's that's good because that shows consistency and that, and that you're actually like doing the work but but what type of post like are you are you posting like are, are those Post that actually people can you can educate people like you you drive people to I don't know to your offer or maybe you drive people to hey book a call with me or attend to this um, free event that I'm running like what are you doing because like this is a problem lots of people they just post and post and post just because they need to post but they don't even stop and think okay what am I posting this right now like what do I want do I do I want to have a call to action for people to call with me? Or do I want more exposure because I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with a free event and I want as many people as I possible? What is the goal in mind that you have? And I think that's what people are lacking a lot. But No, I, I agree with you because it's, it's kind of mindless posting. They're posting because they're thinking, I need to post one post on LinkedIn every day. But then they're like, okay, like, well, maybe I'm just going to quickly write something and just shove it out into, into the LinkedIn universe or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of going back to the, the fundamentals of like, why am I posting? What's the reason for me being on here? And how could I add value into these people's lives today by sharing a story, essentially? And to me, that makes a, a lot of sense. And I mean, I'm guilty of it myself, like of, you know, there's times where you post stuff and it's just like, eh, like whatever, just you're not putting mm-hmm. much thought into it. And I think that sometimes it's, it makes sense to like post right away. Maybe you get in in the morning and you're like, hey, let me think about what I want to post today that relates to my overall content. And then let me sit on this for an hour or two, because I, I don't know about you, but my mind always works better when I have a little bit of time to let my subconscious do its thing. And then I'm yeah. like, okay, like I'm, I'm a lot clearer on stuff when I have a little bit more time to brew on it or process it. And I, I think a lot of people probably rush stuff because they just want to get it out or, you know, they're like typing and then editing and <laughs> posting and it, editing. Yeah. Just for the sake of posting. Um, cause I just have, because I just have to, you know, so yeah. makes sense. Yeah. What about, uh, I'd like to ask you too about like video because like video is something that I find really interesting because the next level of LinkedIn posts, all right, for like new people, maybe first step, engage with other people, right? Like engage with other people's content, get your little baby steps in, then start writing your own content after you come up with this plan. 
And then third step, maybe video. Video is something that could be a little intimidating. I'm really putting myself out there now. And I'm going to, if I sound like an ass, there's no hiding <laughs> this. Right. And like, so I'm just curious, yeah. like the video stuff, was it a little bit awkward for you at first? Because I, I don't think it's normal for anyone, unless you're like an actor or something like that, to to record yourself and to put yourself out there. So just curious yeah. on how you approach that. I remember my first, oh my gosh, my first video on LinkedIn. I recorded, not even with my phone, I recorded with my, um, with my laptop, really bad quality, but it was just me sending a, like a message of support to all my network, which by then was like, what, 1,000 followers, connections? It's like, hey, so been hit by a pandemic. Maybe your, your business is like being hit as well, but like we are all in this together for the next throw eggs and I'm going to be posting every day about this topic, how to navigate this and stuff. And then I did another, another um, video, second video, just talking about where, where some of the things that back then, because I was doing financial advisors, that financial advisors are doing to make the most out of, out of this situation. And so closing on. And those were the videos that actually got me about leads, but I do, I have to, I do have to say, and, and I and like I've I haven't I have stopped creating videos. Um, I want to go back to it, but I just stopped because obviously, like as you evolve, you are just trying new things and new pieces of content. But with videos, they are really good because of the algorithm on LinkedIn. They have a less a lesser reach, organic reach than a, a normal post for whatever reason. I don't know. Obviously, LinkedIn is changing a lot. They launched this creator mode as well. So maybe mm -hmm. they are going to support videos um, better now. But I would just say that the best step to start creating videos is just to create a video. It's not going to be perfect either. And it's like, it's going to suck at first, but it's it's going to get better. And, and the more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to, the faster you're going to see if that's working for your audience as well, or if it's just not. It's interesting because I, I talked to this one guy that was like a sales leader. He was a um, sales development manager at a pretty good startup in Santa Monica, California. And he had this like weird theory that he was basically saying his posts weren't even him. His posts were a community and it was something that was outside of himself in a sense. He doesn't even think of himself as his person anymore. He's somehow like removed himself from that. He thinks about it like a vessel almost to help other people. And I thought that that was a really interesting way to think about it, because I think that if you do think about things too much from point of view of like, how do I look in the situation? I think that if you look beyond yourself and like, you're looking at this as like, I'm going to build out this community to help other people. And then it's going to do its own thing, you know, and I, I built it, but I don't know. It's just there to, it has good intentions and let's just see where this thing goes. I think that's a, a healthy way to do it because then that way you're not so much in your head thinking about like, oh, did this suck? Did I suck here? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting way to think about it. But um, I guess closing thoughts that you'd mentioned the, the top, how do you bring people in to contact you? Do you have calls to actions on every post? How do you do that last part of the process of getting people to book a meeting with you? Like, how do you go about doing that? Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, there, there are different things to go about that, but all, all the, all the outreach, and this is a really hot topic going on on LinkedIn and, and within like LinkedIn coaches and business coaches. But if you want 
to get inbound, you need to have outbound. Inbound is not going to happen if you don't have outbound. That means that you still need to reach out to people. Even if, if you're doing good, you still need to, to do that because that's a part of, of the entire conversion in the LinkedIn ecosystem. I do not recommend doing call to actions in every single post, one per week. And then just messaging the way I just, I just build relationships, just message people that commented on my post or voted on a poll. Hey, how's it going? Good. Oh, I see that you do this. Amazing. They have to open up. Even there, obviously there are different frameworks and different type of, of situations that will involve, will be involved into this, but I'll just let them know that I'm not there talking to them to sell them on anything. I'm just there to generally build a relationship. They just say, oh yeah, I had a coach or I, 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 I cannot, I kind of not figure out. That's exactly what I, what I help people with. Would you like to um, jump on a, on a chat with me and, and just go through it and see how it would look like if I would, if I would help you. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a very organic way to to go about it. Obviously, there are different strategies. It's very organic. Lots of things happen on the DMs. People need to really legit spend eight to nine hours on the DMs messaging people and see if you book a call. But if that's call average, probably you will not be that successful as if they have some some touch point first with your content. And it's gonna be easier for you as well. Makes total sense. Well, that was a really fun conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast, Jenny. For those that want to get some coaching from you, how do they reach out? Well, they can reach me out on LinkedIn. I have a I have a free uh, LinkedIn event masterclass coming up on the 15th of November from 7 p.m. BST. So they can find that on my on my LinkedIn page as well. And they can also just reach out and and if they want to book a call, then that will be that will be good as well. But um yeah, my LinkedIn is always open. Awesome. Well it was nice chatting with you. It was nice time with you too. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for sticking around to the end. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Jenny. Go ahead and follow her on LinkedIn as well. She's pretty active on the network. It's interesting. You always learn so much from from every guest. And I think that definitely seems like failure is always part of the process. So don't be scared of failing. Fail fast and hard. Hope everyone is having a safe and warm holiday season. Thanks for listening.